Welcome to Volunteer Connection, the podcast for Girl Scout troop leaders. What's beautiful about Girl Scouts is that it takes girls outside of their comfort zones and encourages them to learn and grow and change the world. But Girl Scouts doesn't just do these great things for girls. It does the same things for the adults in the movement, too. This podcast is to celebrate those amazing adults, to share lessons learned, advice, and best practices, and to tell their stories. Let's talk retention. Today, we're going to talk specifically about volunteer retention. Why retention is really on the brain is because lately I've been having these really depressing conversations with one of my co-leaders who isn't sure she's going to come back next year. If you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, you know that the person who I founded the troop with originally, she actually did not come back from last year to this year. So that would be two years in a row that my like right hand go-to person is not coming back the following year. But hopefully this time it's going to work out. We'll see. In hindsight, both of these leaders have been involved, the one who did not come back this year and the one who might not come back next year. Both of them have been involved with our troop for two years. And especially considering there's no no kid in the troop, that does make it a little bit easier to walk away. And so I think really with the time commitment that's asked from Girl Scouts, having volunteers who do two years with this amount of time commitment, that is like a pretty good run. So I guess that leads into expected or anticipated turnover for um, volunteers and like how do you plan for that the reality is that even when you do have kids in the troop most troop volunteers are doing one to three years um that's like the magic number is is one to three years i think it's the kind of thing that you sign up with you you sign up for it you believe in it you still probably don't necessarily really think of it as like this could potentially be a 13 year commitment. If you were with girls from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade, um, if they stayed and you stayed, that would be 13 years. So in a best case scenario, this is a 13 year commitment. The amount of work you're doing right now, the amount of work you've done this year for 13 years, that is a huge commitment. Many of us have additional full-time jobs. Even if you don't, being a mom is a full of more than a full-time job. It's a permanent all the time job and running your family and your household. And so we all have so many other commitments. If you have other siblings, especially if they're involved in other scouting organizations, whether it's another troop or like Boy Scouts um, or some other scouting like organization, you have so many commitments. You have so much going on. You have sports and clubs and all this to manage plus your own life, maybe. If you have one. So truly, like 13 years is a really long time to commit to this. So it is natural to assume that there will be some turnover that we can anticipate and we can expect from our co-leaders. That some of the troop volunteers are just not going to be as involved or as invested the whole time your troop is a troop. So how can we plan for this so that our troops don't necessarily have to shut down when that happens? Right. Um, and there's a couple things. I think the biggest thing is keeping good records. Keep records of everything you do. Write up stuff almost journal style about how events or meetings go. Keep track of how you do things. Um, try to put somewhat of a guide together of, of what you do or where you find the resources that you're working on. 
There are tons of free places that you can, free software, free programs you can use. We use Dropbox and we also use um, Google Docs. Google Docs has kind of become our go-to lately um, to store all our notes and all our records in. But because uh, we can do a spreadsheet in there, we can do a document in there, we can do forms, everything like that. Um, and you can go ahead and keep track of attendance at events, attendance at meetings, what people have earned, um, how they felt about it, costs of things, all your true financial records can get dropped in there. There are some apps or whatever that might be able to keep track of these kind of things for you. You might use Shutterfly or you might use Band or whatever. So those apps will allow you to track a lot of the same kind of stuff as well. So definitely keep really, really good records. This is going to make it a lot easier when you step away for somebody to step in your place if you had to step away. Um, or if you're just having rotation of people who are supporting you, then it's going to be really easy for you to communicate with those people of how they can support you and what you need from them and how your truth runs. So that's one thing. And then just emotionally expecting it, emotionally anticipating it, because my original co-leader who left last year, she's my best, best friend in the world. So I still see her all the time and it doesn't affect our friendship at all. But this co-leader um, that's talking about not potentially not coming back next year, Girl Scouts brought us together. Our friendship is primarily based on Girl Scouts. And I know with technology today and social media, I'll be able to keep in touch with her and keep track of her life more than I could have even 10, 20 years ago. But um, it still makes me sad to think of losing her from my life the way that she's in it now. So emotionally anticipating and expecting it is another whole piece. But then we also want to talk about retention, right? So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm not going to step away. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm doing this, um, which is how I feel about it. Then we have to talk about retention. There have to be, you know, there has to be, what's the difference between people like us who are going to stay forever and people like my co-leaders who are going to do a couple years and then they're going to move on. And retention for volunteers is something I was actually really concerned about in working with when I worked for council. Like it was something that was a pet project of mine. I really wanted to be involved in volunteer development, support and retention, which I guess I still kind of do because hence this podcast. And I think a big key piece of this is, is Girl Scouts part of your life, something that you do? Or is Girl Scouts part of your identity and part of who you are? So making sure that you're really plugged in, that your co-leaders are really plugged in. I think something that I've noticed when I was working for my local council is that the volunteers who are around for a decade plus or several decades, they are plugged in even on a global scale. So they know about um, and care about WAGs the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts, which that's a whole other episode because we can talk about the World Centers, World Thinking Day, and WAGS as an organization. Um, so if that's not familiar to you, don't panic. Um, it's just another element of the scouting community worldwide. But the people who are long-term, in-it-to-win-it volunteers, they tend to be shouting not just Girl Scouts from the rooftop, but like WAGS from the rooftop. Like they are all in. Um, they also tend to serve on council committees. So we have a cookie specific committee. We have 
a STEM specific committee, we have an outdoor committee, we have council trainers, we have, and they're all volunteers who serve on these teams or these committees through council. So you probably have stuff like that available. So definitely ask around and see if you can learn more about that. They are also super familiar with the council resources that are available. They go to all the conferences and events and they know what's on the website. They know where to find it. They are just super plugged into what's going on with council. Now, sitting on the committees and the teams is a really good way to know what's going on with council-wide and what's going on with your council. Um, I used to work for council, so I feel like I have a little bit of an in of knowing what's going on. I still talk to some people who work there, but the longer that I'm away, the more I'm like, well, wait, like, what's going on with this? What's the talk about this? What's the chatter around this? And I just don't hear it anymore. So serving on those teams and knowing the council staff, those are really, really good ways um, to know. And serving on the service team or in your community leadership, whatever you call it in your area, um, mentoring other volunteers, those are other ways. And it sounds crazy to say that the Girl Scout volunteers who stay involved the longest are the ones who take on additional roles in Girl Scouting, but it is kind of true. Like, they're the ones who stay. If you're a cookie manager or even on the service unit level, if you're a product program manager, you're more likely to stay long term than if you don't really take on a huge commitment. And I think it really comes down to that difference of like, is it part of your life and just something that you do? Or is it truly part of who you are? It's part of your identity. You're, you're completely plugged in. Um, so a good way to measure this is, would you talk about Girl Scouts if you were meeting someone new and you were getting to know them? Like in that first conversation, as you're chatting with somebody and getting to know each other for the very first time, would Girl Scouts come up or not? Um, and would you talk about it like at a job interview? If you were to go to a job interview, would you be talking about Girl Scouts? Would you be talking about being a troop leader? Um, if the answer is no to those questions, that is a sign or an indicator that it's just something you do, but it's not part of who you are. So how can you help your co-leaders get on board with making it part of their identity? How do you, if you feel like, oh, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm green-blooded, it's part of, it's definitely part of who I am. Um, how do you encourage your co-leaders to get on board with taking that identity on and kind of cheerleading the organization and spreading that Kool-Aid around. Um, and personally, I think one of the big ways is to talk with your co-leaders about the point of the program, the point of what you're doing, what impact you're having on the girls that you can see and the direct impact. I know one of the things that really impacted my co-leader who's who was considering stepping away, who isn't sure what she can commit to next year. I know one of the things that really impacted her saying like, well, no, I plan to come back. I just have to see what happens with my life changes. Um, part of what impacted her decision of, no, I don't really want to leave, is the fact that she found out one of the girls actually had mentioned that she's who she wants to be when she grows up. That's what she wants to grow up to be like. And realizing that she impacted kids on that kind of level really affected her and really made her feel like I really can't back away from this unless I absolutely have to. Council seems to think, and Girl Scouts of the USA seems to think that recognitions and awards are um, a, a good method of 
encouraging volunteers to stay. I think it's an idea of volunteer appreciation. If volunteers feel appreciated, then that's a form of support. Personally, for me, I always feel like recognitions and awards are like just another event to attend. So I guess the question is, would recognition or awards that you don't have to go to yet another event help with retention? And to that, I'm not sure. Like if I was getting recognized or awarded and I didn't have to go to anything extra, um, would that retain me as a volunteer? And the answer is, for me, I'm not sure because I already plan to stay. So I can't really like put myself in that headspace of whether or not that would make a difference. But it definitely wouldn't hurt. Like, I mean, of course, it would feel good. Another thing that Council and GSUSA have been taking to heart lately is trying to take stuff off volunteers' plates. So like the volunteer toolkit um, that you can access through your website, you have a little login and it will give you all these meeting plans and things like that for your year. Um, That's also a place that you can submit your financial reporting at the end of the year. That's also a place you can do some troop communications and track attendance um, if you choose to use it to its fullest extent. Um, There's tons of stuff you can do through the volunteer toolkit, and that is supposed to make it easier by providing a resource for you where all of that's in one place, including meeting plans. Um, And yes, I agree that we want to make the experience easier on the volunteer. We want it to be less daunting, less overwhelming, less stressful, less frustrating. But we also want buy-in because we want to adopt that green-blooded mentality that this is a lifelong thing, not like a temporary thing. So in some ways, I just wonder, are we accidentally marketing that this is like a short-term, temporary, less intense commitment when we try not to scare potential volunteers away? I know that for me, when I try to encourage um, parents to step up and help with the troop, I so find myself taking that stance of like, it's not that big of a deal. You don't have to take that much on. You choose how much you bite off, like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do or anything that's too much. Like, I, I really operate from this place of fear. Like, I'm going to scare them away if I tell them that what I really need is somebody who's willing to step up and be a superstar, right? And instead, I mean, I know it would be much more effective marketing if I was like, no, listen, like, we're helping girls strengthen their self, sense of self, um, establish healthy relationships develop positive values. These are things that are going to carry them through their teenage years into adulthood so they will still be able to seek challenges and make the world a better place. Girl Scouts as a whole, they vote more often, they make more money, they're more likely to have a college degree, they're less likely to have a criminal record or to have run-ins with the law, they're less likely to engage in risky behaviors such as drug use or anything like that. And they're also not just less likely to be on the side of like, quote unquote, bad behavior, but they're also less likely to be on the receiving end. They're less likely to bully and they're less likely to be bullied. I mean, all of these things are just crazy. So like this organization is literally changing the world. We are literally changing the world of girls. Isn't that something that you want to be part of, especially for your own daughter? Like this organization is amazing. Don't you want to help? Anyways, so I think we should be approaching it more like that. So good questions that we and Girl Scouts as an organization should be asking are, what can we do to make it easier to volunteer? 
So like, how do we make it accessible? And I think that online registration and the uh, opportunity catalog online where girls who are potentially interested in Girl Scouts, their families can literally go on to your council's website, fill out that girl's personal information, and then search available troops in your area that have room to take more girls. That is making it super accessible. And so I think like making Girl Scouts accessible to volunteers, that's really good. Um, what can we do to make it less daunting and less overwhelming? And I do think the volunteer toolkit is good with that. I think that providing lots of council training is good. I think that resources like this hopefully are helpful. Um, and the girls or yeah, Girl Scout Facebook groups or forums or anything like that that you can hop onto, that definitely helps. Building communities, neighborhoods, service units, whatever you want to call it in your local area, that's going to make a difference. You really want to have good support that way and mentorship which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast that's also going to make a big difference um how can we make it less stressful and less frustrating so i think um listening to each other is a big thing i know that um depending on the council that you're in and depending on what's going on sometimes volunteers get very frustrated because they feel like girl scouts isn't listening to them some people feel that way about the national organization as a whole like listen to us this is what the actual experience is like. But I think that also goes both ways. Listen to them as well, because they are professionals at what they do. So, and we are the pros who are actually implementing the program. So I think it needs to go both ways. We both really need to listen to each other and take opportunities to take advantage of the resources available to uh, submit your voice, to make sure that your voice is heard and to have that FaceTime. Um, the more plugged in you are, the more your voice is gonna be heard. So both by your council and by Girl Scouts of the USA. There was this old recruitment video that they used to play for a while. It was like several years. They would just update the part that said the year on it. Um, I think the campaign was called, What Will You Do Today? Um, you can find it on YouTube, but it showed all these amazing things that Girl Scouts are doing it and are doing. And I first saw that um, commercial. It wasn't even brand new, but I saw it pretty early on when I first started working for my local council and it honestly gave me chills and it made me just want to be part of it like I just crave like this is what I'm doing like what I'm doing matters and that was like my first day at my, my brand new job when I started um it was one of the first things that I watched it was like oh my gosh like yes I'm convinced this is something big this is something positive this is something I want to be part of and I'm gonna change the world, and I wanna be part of that group. Um, so how can we continue to create that kind of feeling? How do we bottle that up and pass it along to our fellow volunteers or to our potential fellow volunteers and for ourselves? Okay, so that's it for today. Do you think these episodes are helpful? Does it give you some things to think about? Do you think your troop is well-positioned for long-term retention? Drop me a review and let me know what you think. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.